when you feel emotionally bound to a client, whether it's a marketing agency client or a coaching client, your motivation to like make sure they crush it is that much higher because you like them. All this outreach and, and driving leads, it, it can be done for anyone, I think by anybody. But I think for me, what I look for is, you know, people that fit all the check marks and then I like them. The drive to make them succeed very quickly and push them and, and all the pieces that make a good coaching or marketing experience kind of come out of that. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner. And I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs, and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders. I am so super excited to be hanging with my guest, Mike Mall, who is the founder of Market Me, a consulting firm focused on helping entrepreneurs and business owners connect with the businesses who need them. Mike, that is the hardest part of doing business. Like outside of getting them to say yes, it's finding the right people. So what's your magic secret sauce? Great question. Coming in hot. I love it. Right. Yeah. Um, Let's get into what everything else about you, because I love your whole story, but like, I, I've got to know what the secret sauce is right away. <laughs> I come from a very non-traditional business background in that I had none, no education, no real like guidelines on it. So when I kind of came in, I felt like starting from scratch gave me a huge advantage. I was like, why, why would we, why do we have to do things that way? Cause this is how people, other people do them. Like, why don't we just do this simple thing that makes this person money? And so I think, you know, for me, personality fit is the biggest piece of it beyond the, you know, the business or the person being a dream client. I don't really care if they check all the boxes and I don't like them. I think that's a big start because when you feel emotionally bound to a client, whether it's a marketing agency client or a coaching client, your motivation to like make sure they crush it is that much higher because you like them. To me, that's the biggest thing. All this outreach and, and driving leads, it, it can be done for anyone, I think by anybody. But I think for me, what I look for is, you know, people that fit all the check marks and then I like them because it just, yeah, to me, the drive to make them succeed very quickly and push them and, and all the pieces that make a good coaching or marketing experience kind of come out of that. I would totally agree because on my end, the clients that I'm a little bit more emotionally tied to because I see their vision, I totally believe in it. I'm right there asking them the hard questions much sooner than if I'm not, if I'm kind of like, well, whatever, you've got something and that's great. And, and I'm blessed in that I get to choose who I want to work with. I presume it's similar for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you would ask me eight years ago, absolutely not. I mean, I was taking on crazy contracts where I had to bring in people. I, I lost money sometimes. I was like, I don't, I can't, I don't have no idea how to do this. Why am I saying yes? I'm like, okay, I got to bring in people to make sure we execute and then right. spending more money than I made. I, you know, a lot of mistakes in the early, early days, but now, yeah, I mean, I, I have the luxury on both, both sides of things, which is, you know, it's a blessing. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you love to work with? I love to work with, so my kind of like ideal in my mind target is kind of solopreneur or really small organization. And we've done marketing and co- projects for bigger companies. I like when that result means something more, I'm more motivated, mm-hmm. right? Helping Volvo solve a couple, sell a couple more trucks is great, but like they don't care. There's like, right. I don't know, he's the, he's the Google ad guy, whatever, um, versus, you know, the solopreneur. So solopreneur is primarily who I work with and people that are selling business to business services, that ecosystem, especially in the kind of creative realm is where I shine because I built a marketing agency that, you know, is kind of a self-sufficient business now. So I understand how to sell it positioning a lot better than I do other products or services. So that's kind of my ideal person. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk about how you've grown your business and you've gotten from point A to where you are now, a little bit about your background and because you've had an interesting year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like I so did. many of us. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, to even go back a little bit further, I think I'll, I'll, I'll be short about it, but it'll give some, some context. So I was always entrepreneurial growing up but I never had any real mentorship or anyone around me that filled that curiosity. So I kind of made stuff up as I went, but as I kind of got older, I was like, okay, I got to go to school for business. Didn't go well. I was on academic probation so fast. I mean, it was incredible. And they're like, yeah, probably don't bother coming next year. And I was like, sounds good. I don't learn in that environment. And I just wasn't ready to like participate. And so I went back into a, you know, selling floors, which is what I was doing before I went to, to college. And then I took an insurance job because I thought, well, I, you have, now you have to have like the big kid job. You, you know, go to work for a corporation, go up the ladder, do all this fun stuff. I knew early on that it wasn't a fit, but the appeal of, first of all, who would take me? I'm this uneducated guy who hasn't done anything. But then, you know, company car and the home office and the salary, and it starts to look really attractive. And then about six years in, I had a, an epiphany slash panic attack in my car where I came to realize, you know, fully. And I saw it in HD at that point that I was doing the wrong thing with my life. And I was just not, not where I was supposed to be. And so with no plan and with no backup, I quit. I just, I, I knew I couldn't stay another day. And then I launched a software business for no reason whatsoever, other than it sounded <laughs> like fun. Um, I put all my eggs in it. I got partners. I spent a bunch of money and we tried to develop it and it just was very slow. And we didn't, we weren't, we didn't have the skill set to do it, but we were determined. So uh, that went on for a year and a bit. But during that time, some of our people, some of the people that had bought into the marketing piece of it had said, Hey, you know, I want in on the ground floor. I trust you guys. I'll pay you for ad space when the product is done. And when we realized it was going to take forever, we went back and said, Hey, you've given this, you know, you've given us this money as experimental money. Let us spend it elsewhere and market your business for you. 
locked myself in my apartment for the entire weekend and just watched every video I could consume on how to run a Google ad. This is back in 2013. Came out and said, great, we're going to grow your business with Google ads. I had no idea if it was going to work. And then it just clicked. I mean, it was just, we started running it. They saw impact right away. And I was like, this is what I should be doing. And so within a year, we you know wrapped up the software company and I I bought the business from my partners to take it as a marketing agency. And, and it's kind of, that was the kind of core going into it. Uh, and that's the majority of what I've been since then. Yeah. And this is what I love about your story. I mean, there's so many pieces of it, but your experience isn't for me, at least that atypical being asked to not come back to school. I mean, my son had a very similar experience and he's starting his business now and is starting to see the clients roll in and everything. And he doesn't learn in that environment, similar to you, yeah. but he's an epic learner. He'll do the same thing. Like if you, he needs to figure something out, he'll lock himself in his apartment and figure it out. He taught himself physics. Like he can, <laughs> you know, his brain just works differently. Yeah. And I love seeing, you know, your success just because his, his experience mirrors yours, but I've seen that with so many other entrepreneurs too. Yeah. Where part of it that it, that's really terrifying. Like as yeah. I was leaving, I was like, nobody is ever going to hire me. I have no idea what I'm going to do. <laughs> the fear around that is, is real. Um, and it's, you know, a lot of sleepless nights in those couple of weeks. And then as you launch something that you, I wasn't ready for, I mean, sleepless nights, but in a different way in like a really excited, excited, yeah. motivated way. So, you know, quite different. Yeah. And it's, I mean, to me, it's really cool because regardless of sleepless nights and the fear, you still in a place where I think we're, you know, this is the only path is how we're raised. You go to school, you get the nine to five, you do your job and then you retire and somewhere in between you may have a career turn or, you know, um, a change or work in several different companies, but that's the path I'm air quoting. And with even the fear, what was it that allowed you to like just step onto that path of being completely unknown and having to figure it out? Because other people would have just enrolled into another school or taken time off or just gotten the job and stayed with the job. I was motivated by picturing myself in the future. And I think that was actually what brought on the panic attack. And when I say like it was full, like I reached for the car door and my body started trembling and I started bawling. And I was like, uh-oh, something's not right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, for to have that much anxiety about walking in the doors of a building, I was like, I don't know what the future is. I think for me, because I was like, <laughs> there's this curious thing with entrepreneurs and you've probably experienced this. I was a horrible employee because I always thought I was right. That's what we do. When we always think we're right. And I, I used to drive my, my now ex-wife nuts, but it would be like, no, no, I'm right. And even if I'm wrong, then I would rather go down on what I thought was right. And that's not super conducive when you're in a, an employee situation, yeah. you're questioning stuff, you're, you know, I mean, it, it was not, not a great. <laughs> no. And for me, most of the time I was right. That's even more frustrating. I had said to my parents years ago, I'm like, I am unhirable. My mom was like, what do you mean? You have all these skills, you run your own business. And my dad was like, Beth, she's unhirable. It's not the function of the skills. It's that she's so used to doing things her way and running her business and being able to take time off and just to, you know set my schedule, which is really the key for me. 
Yeah. You see in corporations where it's, you know, there's these processes, it's worse in government, but you see them and you're like, why does this exist? Like yeah. this person's job is a Google form. Right. <laughs> why, why are we spending an hour working with this person when this could literally be a form on the internet? Yeah. Well, that's just because how it goes. And you see these things and you're like, it makes you cringe. A true entrepreneur is a problem solver that just works outside of the box for me. So you started this business, stop doing software. You've, you're doing Google ads. What's next for you? We started growing really quickly, really strong word of mouth presence. I was very picky over time, not at the beginning, but over time about taking on contracts and businesses that I knew they were good at what they did. Usually that needed to be in sales because we would be driving leads. And so as we did that, uh, you know, grew the team, started detaching myself because I was feeling, you know, every client that I brought on, I felt this huge weight of great. Now I have to, you know, do all the Zoom calls and run the ads and be the interface and send the invoice and all this stuff. And then I discovered that not only was I not the best at doing everything, that it was actually hurting us tremendously for me to be the bottleneck and the, the one who was you right. know, driving every piece. And so I started slowly, um, you know, removing myself from things, you know, emails, calendars, invoices, I mean, you name it, um, all the way down to the point now where I spend about 15 hours a week, maybe in the agency. And then the rest of my time on kind of coaching consulting. And it's a, you know, it's this machine where I've got an operator there in charge of all the other six people. If it needs me, it has a system to get to me where it takes, you know, 30 seconds for an answer instead of jumping on meetings and having long conversations and all this stuff. And so that, you know, that was a big focus for me was how do I, it's not to say I wanted to grow it into a massive company, but how do I remove myself from it being a job that I've created and turn it into, you know, a business in that way. Right. And so that's, that's kind of what I've done. We actually had a training product. I think we were talking about this offline, but I had a training product that was, you know, teaching small businesses to run their own ads. And when COVID hit, I, I knew it because I've lost a product before this way, not to a global pandemic, of course, but a different circumstance. Right. And I said to my team, I said, we're not going to sell another one of these training products. And I had built, I had spent 18 months building it and pulled, turned it into a well-oiled machine, you know, 25 leads a month, super high closing ratio, 40 grand in revenue, really low impact on like delivery, but people were really enjoying it. It was, it was a dream product, you know, something that could really scale. And then in March, when it went, when Canada went into lockdown, I, I was like, I warned everybody, I said, all the deal flow we have is dead and we will not see another lead until next year. And everyone's like, there's no way. I'm like, watch it. Yeah. I haven't seen a penny. So it was a pretty big shock. It was almost like mourning. It wasn't depression. It was like mourning the loss of this thing that I had crafted over all this right. time, you know, right. that kind of brought me in. And so around uh, mid April, I had kind of reached out. So for me, it's like, I don't like the idea of sitting back and waiting for things to fix or to right. I could say going from where you wanted to be to zero essentially overnight did not stop you. <laughs> no, and we were, I mean, we were lucky because on the advertising side, a handful of our businesses that we worked with were, um, you know, essential. 
because I, you know, most of my friends who are in the marketing space lost 95 to 99% in a day, just dropped. Everyone called said, I don't know what's happening. I'm not paying anymore. Goodbye. And marketing is always the first to go, of course. Okay, which is, for those of you who are thinking about doing that, not the smart move. <laughs> yeah. Build, you know, it's build other products around it so that it's not the be all and end all, I think is the most important thing. And mm -hmm. so for me, you know, we had some, you know, we were doing a lot of strategy and consulting as well as the campaigns. But what really kind of turned over in light of all this stuff is I emailed my list I don't have a huge list. It's about 750 people and it's pretty active. I get a good, really good open rate and stuff. And I just said, Hey, my product died. Boohoo. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking about helping some people who are maybe stuck at a certain level in their business from a revenue and from an organization standpoint who, you know, want to build systems and like really set themselves up. So instead of going and seeking out more advertising clients, which I could have done with my the video outreach, it's really effective. I, I just, I don't know, there's something about it. I was like, I'd love to help some people that I know, you know, move from like, move from it being the side hustle or, you know, something where they're, you know, really excited, like seven grand's a great month. And I'm not knocking it. $7,000 right. is not a little amount of money. I understand that. But, how, you know, how do you go from that to 25 and actually have the same amount of work that you're doing like that there's a there's a magic to that which i built with the right. agency and so i just you know i just started working with some friends of mine and it developed into this wow i actually there's kind of a system for this and you know here's you know everything that i would want to touch on and you know here's the frameworks for it and i just started writing and i i got this new burst of excitement and motivation around like i can, this is something i could create again i'm building something new and so I've, you know, I've started moving forward with it and uh, it's been amazing. Really, 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 really interesting experience. And successful. Interesting because it's almost the same. It's, there's it almost like this feeder system from, you know, uh, podcasting. And I do a lot of workshops and I, I speak at a number of events on kind of the, the couple core things you need to do to grow a company. If you're the, if you're everyone, if you're the sales and the marketing and the social media, if you do everything, the things that drive the business are people saying yes, and then giving you money. So let's start with that. You know, how do you get paid the right amount? How do you get more people than not to say yes? Um, and, and how do you make sure that those people are going to be people that you enjoy working with? Not to say that you, there's a perfect formula by any means, but that's the foundation. Right. And if you, if you get that right, you can then afford to bring on people to help you with all this stuff you're not good at and, and turn it into a real business over time. But I think there's that leap from how do I talk about it? What's the price to how do I get people to agree to that price and be excited to pay me? And then once you kind of unlock that, um, you know, it, it gets really fun. Yeah. And it's funny because for me and what I see, so I'm curious if you see the same thing, people get sidetracked with building the website and the social media and this and then that, and they forget that they actually need to talk to people and make money. hundred <laughs> percent. One of the things that I did on purpose is I didn't have a website when I sold this. And so we did about uh, just over $27,000 of revenue with no website in five weeks. And I wanted to do that because first of all, every time I'm finished my website, I always want to change it. I employ a copywriter and she's like, 
are we writing your copy again? And my business coach, he hate, you know, he 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 and her laugh quite often, but I'm like, you know, I had a conversation with somebody and I think we should position our entire product this way. The truth is the people that work with me usually hear me on podcasts or clubhouse or through a workshop that I do and just like I don't think people actually go through the website. So, you know, I 100% people get fixated on social media presence web and copy and photography and really all it is is just excuses to not start that's all that's all it is there is no business unless you're talking to people and having money come in the door like it doesn't feed you and it doesn't feed the business without those two things yeah and i love it and let's talk about this the video strategy that you used um because i know a lot of people are still really hesitant to send videos, make videos, like you did this on your phone and was very casual. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, um, it's what I, what I teach in workshops. It's, I have, I've got the mini course um, on this as well. And basically the premise is this, people like connecting with people. Most of the way that people are communicated with these days is not the same way you would talk to a person. Right. Right. It's, you know, hey, use these ads, use this drip campaign, email them seven times in 21 days, uh, you know, send this automated LinkedIn messaging, inviting them to this and this and that. Like, first of all, um, if you're like, if you're like me, if you you're listed as like a founder of a company, these come flooding in and there's all the time. The funny thing is you can always tell when somebody just had a successful course launch because like the verbiage and the strategy starts coming in and you keep seeing it like, Ooh, someone made a million dollars selling a course on how to do this. And you see these trends of like outreach strategy and the wording and the different pieces as an employee, you may not see it, but if you're listed as a founder and you have any profile, you're getting them probably 50 plus a week between all the different channels. That's around the number that I see. And now, especially with, you know, trade shows and that being canceled, there were, you know, 12,000 trade shows canceled, business to business trade shows canceled in the US last year, which Forbes estimated about $90 billion in commerce. Where do you think right. those conversations went? They yeah. went on the internet. Yes, and in they, the, they went to the guy who sold the course on how to send the, the, the LinkedIn drip message that'll get people. And so while those are coming in, imagine, imagine you're the decision maker. Everyone has the decision that they make within any organization, right? Whether you're an employee or, or whatever role you have, imagine someone asking you to have a conversation when you receive a video, a video pops up on your, your LinkedIn. And it's like, Hey, Emmy, it's Mike. Did he just, what just happened? Did he say my name? I was just reaching out, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, the, the shock and awe of people receiving it is incredible. I have in my phone, I have countless responses. I've screenshot everyone that ever responds being like, I can't believe you sent a video. This is amazing. So cool. Never seen this before. And they haven't because it takes time. It's mm-hmm. not scalable, but the impact of it is incredible. So yeah. I highly recommend it. And you're not talking about a long video. This is not epically long. This is like 30 seconds, right? Yeah. So depends on, I get long winded sometimes as you can tell. Uh, So I, mine are usually 45 to a minute and 45 if I'm like getting into it, but I do script it in a sense because, you know, you have to have create interest. You have to 
make them have some desire around having a conversation with you. And then you have to ask them for the conversation. So you can't do that super quick, but my format is usually, you know, Hey, thanks, you know, thanks for connecting or just some pleasantry. Um, who, me, what, what myself or my company does. And you want to explain that in the context of how it's going to help the person you're reaching. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to say the organization, the person in that organization is prioritized differently based on what their needs are, what their desires are, how the business ranks them in terms of quality. So, you know, the VP versus a, a director versus a manager versus the founder are all motivated by very different things. So what I typically do is I'll look at the job description of the average VP of whatever role. And I'm like, okay, these are the things they're responsible for. So these are the things that they get judged based on. So I'm explaining my service in relation to what they get judged on. So they're like, oh, this is related to me. I see how this is connected, right? Right. That that gets their interest. And then I, so I explain what the the product is. And then I, I ask them to give me feedback on if this is something that they're interested in. Far too many people try and just jam a meeting down your throat and be like, hey, so, you know, next Tuesday at two or 4 p.m., what works better? You haven't, I'm not getting on a phone call with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and I think people don't realize how many of these go out the door and they just slap a thing on it and it goes. And it can work, but 99.9% of the people that receive it, you're just going to bother them. Oh, I have, I've had ones from people who I've had previous conversations with a year or two ago, and then they spam me with this like epic novel in, mm. and with links pretending that they don't know me. Right. And I'm like, you might've wanted to check before you sent that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really bad. And I love this because you're doing a little bit of research you're connecting with them. You're helping them identify the pain points that you're that you can help them solve, but in a really friendly, low-key way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for, so. After you've kind of explained it, I say, "Look, it seems like, or it looks to me like, or however you want to say it, that something like this could be really beneficial to you or your company, or you or whatever, how you want to say it. If you're interested, I would love to jump on a quick call and chat about it. And that's it." So you're giving them the autonomy to make the decision on if it's worthwhile and if they want to take the meeting, because I can tell you this, and I don't, I don't personally have kids, but it doesn't matter what age you are. My five-year-old niece or my, or my mom on the other side of it, nobody likes being told what to do. They don't, you automatically rebel because you're like, don't tell me what to do. Right? Like nobody, not one person I know likes being told what to do. I'm terrible at it. (laughs) And so, Coming in saying your business needs this and you should talk to me on this day. It's like, who are you? What are you talking about? Like, it's, you know, if you think about if someone said that to you, like, how would that make you feel? Right. And so I like to give, you know, the autonomy, both of if this is interesting and just saying, you know, Hey, if this doesn't seem like it's helpful, just let me know. No problem. And it's like, Oh, then they can think about it. And you're going to get a really, really considered response more than 75% of the time. Whether it's a good for them or bad for them, most people will respond to a video just because you took the time. They'll just be blown away that they got a video before anything yeah. else. Um, and then the crazy part is they might say, hey, you know, um, you know, we're, we just hired somebody to do this, but listen, like we're doing a three-month contract with them. Like hit me up in three months and we'll see where it's at. 
like uh, you get invitations to continue the conversation unlike a, a you know a text heavy push to do something where it's so easy to delete or ignore you're you're missing opportunity on the back end of that too right yeah i love that i love that now is this part of the mini course yeah so the mini course is the exact process that i did starting from like identifying them if you're selling business to business even the tools that i use to like build that list of people uh, and then how to connect with them the script the whole thing the whole nine yards and it's super concise i hate long courses just for the sake of being long so i think the whole thing is about 27 minutes and it's literally everything you need so it's like total value packed and we all have 27 minutes yeah <laughs> awesome awesome so if somebody wants to get that, we're going to have the link in the show notes, which I would highly recommend because you can use this for any platform, right? Yeah. And I think it's, I think the point of it is, I mean, it's very LinkedIn focused, um, but almost every platform lets you do video. So it's, you know, other than a couple where the buttons are, uh, it's pretty agnostic to yeah. where your audience or where your group um, is going to spend their time. Yeah. I mean, I do something similar with my Facebook group where I send everybody within the first week or so a welcome video. And it's been really cool because it opens up conversations. Yep. And I'm not necessarily connected with those people either. So they're not my friends. Right. Um, but they, you know, they respond and help me identify where I can support them within the group and then potentially become a client. Yeah. And I think bigger than that is they remember it the amount of people that I haven't, I didn't talk to for another year. And then I did a, like, I'll do a post or something and they'll comment being like, Hey, like, and, and it's funny. Cause then I'll, you know, maybe continue the conversation. They're like, man, remember that video? I'm like, no, but I mean, I know I sent one, but I don't particularly remember it, but like people remember that it's something that people don't, don't forget. And we've seen, so my friend Curran and I play around with this, where if it's someone a little bit further down the sales funnel, like we've started communicating with them, we may do Loom videos, which is just like a, an app that you can right. record your screen and your video. And instead of it being native, again, not, not on first contact, but later we'll send them as Loom videos. We've had times where, you know, Loom reports back when it was opened and by how many unique devices and all of a sudden you'll just see, you know, this video is open by like 36 unique devices because they're sending it around the office being like, can you, like, can you believe this video this guy sent? So it's cool to watch how excited people get over it. And it really is a minute of your time. Yeah. And that for me and what I teach, like that's the authenticity part of, um, of sales and business development and the relationship and getting excited and, you know, connecting that I think we're missing and you're starting to see more of that. And, but it, there's still a lot of old school. Let me just cram all this stuff down your throat. Right. I think what's interesting yeah. is a lot of people are teaching pure automation, like grow your agency to whatever size and never talk to anyone ever. And that's like, and here's the thing as a numbers game, you can make money and get clients that way. A hundred percent you can, but all of them are going to leave after their first three months. They're going to leave with a bad taste in their mouth. You're yeah. never going to get referrals. I mean, there's so many downsides to it, which unfortunately in the marketing space and, and to be frank in the coaching space, it's what makes our industries just that little bit crappier is knowing that there's people out there doing that. 
because they're just giving it a bad name. They're leaving a bad taste in people's mouth. Even the idea of like labeling like coach on my profile took months. Cause like, I don't know, there's such a bad stigma. And like, I just, it took me a long time to be like, no, that's legitimately what I'm doing. Let's just do, you know, but just there's so much bad stuff going on and so much people acting in bad faith in that way. Like it took a while because they really made it worse for, for, uh, you know, the, the people that are actually good at what they do to play. So I don't feel like you can get results for your clients if you're not interacting with them. Oh, hundred percent. Cause that feedback loop is the variable of success. Yeah. Right. Hey, we tried this. Yeah. How did it go? I don't know. They're going to get stuck Yeah. with at whatever point or lose interest or focus or whatever. And if you're not there to have some sort of conversation, then they just stay there. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think where I shy away from creating libraries of digital courses and I could, I know I have enough material. There's no doubt. It's that it's knowing that one course cannot fit all and that no matter how good I make it, it's always going to leave holes in the experience. And so I really want that feedback loop and that interaction. And so I'm starting to put them out, but I'm putting them out like this, where it's like super low cost or free, really concise material and kind of putting it out there saying like, this isn't going to solve every problem. It's going to move the needle on this particular thing. And I'm confident in that, but it's not going to solve everything. And I'm kind of being upfront about that, even though it probably lowers my conversion rate. I don't care. I'd rather it sell and it be what it was supposed to be, you know? Right. Well, and you have quality there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What's been your biggest learning experience having pivoted and just given your background of really being excellent at standing in fear and facing it down and kind of following the uncharted territory. It's actually kind of depressing. I have this on the back screen of my phone. Uh-huh. And the words read, and and this is not meant to be motivating. It's meant to keep you focused. And this is the truth. It says, nobody cares about what you are doing. Don't forget that. And I think to me, it's motivating because a lot of people will, you know, do some action to get other people hyped up about what they're doing. But it's like, great. I got this group of people to share a post on Facebook. So it must mean that's great. Like, your friends, your family, they don't care what you're doing. They have their own problems. They're trying to, they're they're trying to live their lives. They're trying to battle through whatever they're battling through. Literally nobody cares except you. And the sooner you are comforted by that fact, the more aggressive your actions will be. And you'll just realize, well, I could, I could, you know, sit here talking about some webinar that I'm going to do and have two people show up and keep doing the same thing. So it looks like I'm, you know, I'm, but I'm marketing, but I'm marketing, like go do the hard stuff. Nobody cares about your webinar. Not like it's not super motivating, but it's freeing is I think that's the most. I mean, I've heard that and totally believe that because everybody is, we're all focused on our problems, our stuff. We don't care. Yes. There's maybe something that irks you or annoys you or whatever in that moment, but it's not impacting your day. And it does give you, I think, a great opportunity and freedom to play bigger and talk to more people with video. Yes, absolutely. Download the mini course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, I always say, and I say, I think I say it right in there. It's intimidating, the idea of like sending a video to a stranger. 
and your instinct is going to be to take a million takes and like really, you know, be shy about it. Yeah. Once you get past the first couple, just keep going. Like if you can, if you have the time, do 40 in a day and like let that be your week of videos. Because once you get in the, the flow of that conversation, because it is repeating it over and over and over again. Once you've, do, once you've sent three or four or five, you really are like, okay, I know what this next 45 seconds sounds like, even though I had to repeat it 45 times before I could send the first one. Now I'm like, I've got a comfort level. So just keep, keep, keep going. Because like, you know, you want to look half decent. You want to come with energy and you can't do that every time. You can't just pick up and do three. I mean, I can now because I'm just so proficient. I've sent probably over 2,000 video outreaches in that way. And then not including like personal, like if I'm sending birthday messages or anything, it's all video and voice now I try. I just, I just don't like typing that much. But once you get, you know, you're through your first hundred, there's this unlock of like, oh, I just need to get my brain in the right space and focus on it for an hour. And I can do 30 to 40 of these. And they just, yeah, once they go out the door, you'll, and especially once you see the impact, my case studies on these are like, someone will send me a message being like, Hey, did the course. I sent three messages to businesses that I wanted to work with. And I have a sales meeting next week. I'm like, mm-hmm. yep. Like yeah. the ratio, the response ratio is insane. So yeah. really fun. Yeah, they, I mean, they get to see you and your face and, and hear the inflection in your voice then. And I've even been doing more voice messages as opposed to just writing something. So they get that I care that I'm actually interested in them and not just sending them another link to opt into something. Right. Yep, absolutely. And, and here's the thing, you giving that investment makes them more excited about their investment, especially if you're, you know, a higher priced service, you know, if you're over $500 a month, like for a lot of people or a lot of companies, like anything over 500, you know, it's, that's an investment, right? And so if you're, if, if that's what you're asking for, you taking the time to earn their attention, I think is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, this has been amazing. I've had so much fun with you. And as we've talked about offline, I'm super envious that you're in Mexico and it's warm when you're by the ocean. So <laughs> you don't have to come visit. Um, share with everybody where they can connect with you. Absolutely. So I think uh, from a social standpoint, I'm very active and there's like more interesting stuff going on on Instagram than anything else. So it's at Mike AJ Mall. Um, If you have any questions or you, um, you know, you want to dive deeper on anything, you can personally email me, feel free. It's Mike at marketme.co, marketme.co. And then if you want to learn more about how to generate leads by using video, uh, it's the, we'll link it in the show notes as well, but it's go.marketme.co slash leads, L-E-A-D-S. And you can find it there. Which I think everybody can use help with because it's, it's a practice. It's not and it's something that you want to master, but there's always incremental pieces that we can get better at. Yeah. And I think for, for a lot of people, when you're in famine mode and like you're excited to get a lead, even if it's keeping the lights on, that's fine. But what's more exciting is having 10 and being able to say, I like these two and not these eight. This is what I'm going to do. Like when it, you, and you can actually start creating choice around your clients too. It, yeah. it, it makes your life better. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. 
Well, again, thank you. This has been amazing. And for everybody listening, we will see you next week. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders.